ladies and gentlemen, the Empire Podcast Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra have died in a tragic rancor accident. Luckily, the Empire Studios Star Wars Extended Universe Fanfare Orchestra are on hand to replace him with a lovely rendition of the theme from the book of Boba Fett. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Can't shut the sheriff. And he also shot the deputy. James still doesn't I get it. I still don't recognise this music. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm not even kidding. I cannot. There's no recollection whatsoever. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. Next week's episode. Well, oh. Oh. Hooray. Hooray. Oh. Anyway. That's how the tune goes. Oh. 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 Yes. It's, it's a script. Yeah. It's, it's we'll be back a, next re- week for Book of Depressed Rancor, the spin-off series, <laughs> uh, which I'm here for. Yeah. The theme from the Book of Boba Fett is just a focus group from uh, <laughs> people watching the early episodes going huh, 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 huh. I've got some notes why would he get a rancor and leave his ship there why would he make his last stand in this city like, when he has an easy defendable fortress on the edge you know, of town you know in uh, like Guardians 2 where they have to keep sending Groot off and it's like go and get and he comes back with like a thing not the thing you're supposed to you're supposed to get the fin yes. and he comes back with other yes. things I feel like that's what I was thinking about in this it's like go away and come back with something to help us like I don't know your big spaceship which has rockets and mines and lasers and he comes back with a pet <laughs> hey hey I'm going to stand up for the baby rancor here the baby rancor did his best alright what and the fuck a... is a full grown rancor going to look like that's like, what I want to know it, it's not his fault it was a very difficult day lots of people were really mean to him and kept shooting him full of stuff he was and overstimulated he went a little bit King Kong and who among us he hasn't? did it was just sugar rush is that what we're saying yeah. it's basically that so the end was two babies just kind of yes justice for baby rancor and baby Yoda yeah you try and fit that in the back of Mando's spaceship there'll be no backseat eating and nothing let me tell you but anyway hello pod I am Chris Hewitt welcome to the last episode of the book of Boba Fett get him dead uh, of the (laughs) book of Boba Fett spoiler specials which I am now belatedly going to call the book club of Boba Fett See, uh, mm. I mean, I oh, come on, guys. No, I know where you're going with it. Yeah. Really, yeah. no. It's no, it's no. You know, what was the? What did we call the tank again? I forgot. Clearly memorable. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't remember. Tank. It's gone. Oh, the flashback, flashback to, to tank. tank. That's flashback it. Flashback, flashback, to flashback to and Fed conning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the book club of Boba Fett is pretty good. No, it's mm. shit. No. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, the, the film book club was p- quite bad, so I'm just and not sure book how, of Boba how Fett closely. Is very bad, so I think well, you know, it works. The first, yeah, the first rule I mean, of the book club of Boba Fett is we do not talk <laughs> about the book club of Boba Fett. Oh, anyway, God. I am joined by my four colleagues of such Lethal Cunning. We have crammed, squeezed ourselves into the pod booth. We're all very giddy and very full, I must say as well, because mm. we've just been for a very belated Empire Office Christmas lunch. Uh, so I currently have a lot of a burger. I think it was a Gamorrean burger. It was very, very nice, very tasty indeed. And an apple and blackberry crumble rumbling around inside me. So if I disappear from this podcast for great swathes of it, <laughs> you'll know where I'm going. Anyway, I'm joined by my four colleagues of such lethal cunning. Helen O'Hara is here. Hello. Amon Warman is here. Hello. James Dyer is here. Hi. Ben. <laughs> Ben, the voice of positivity, Travis is here. Hello. Hey, 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 hey. 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 
Is he though? Is he, <laughs> he is. He is. Ben, okay. you, you're you're positive in this episode, yes? I enjoy this episode. Oh, there you go. It's it's far from the best episode of Star Wars we've got. It's Fair. definitely not the best Star Wars series finale we've had on the small screen. But it's the best episode of the Book of Boba Fett we've had this week. It is. It yeah, is an fun. episode that included actual Boba Fett, but also Baby Yoda. I mean, so that is- yes, yeah. as a combination of things. I will accept it. And a final shot for the ages. Oh. Forget the was searchers. That, was that Forget. you during this whole episode with your ears flapping in the wind? That was me. onto your knob, <laughs> as it were. That was me last week, which I was so sad not to be here with you. Uh, I'm last very glad episode. you weren't here last week. <laughs> oh. If all you were doing was clutching onto your knob, then I'm glad Smiling we were spared the sight. It was, wow, what an episode. I, but none of you guys mentioned, I listened back to the pod, not one of you mentioned that Baby Yoda did a backflip last week. I forgot. You did, I baby forgot Yoda too. did a backflip. Like, how could you forget that? It's all I've thought about for the last seven days. Quite easily. There's <laughs> <laughs> so around. much great stuff from uh, from Luke Skywalker coming back yes. with uh, what we thought was the voice of Mark Hamill, but seems during oh, the week. Yeah. Although I think mm. it's an old interview with Matthew Wood uh, that they're using as their source for this. And this this thing called re-speecher. Mm. Uh, so they're basically, they've taken old audio clips of Mark Hamill from around the time he did a radio show as well. Um, presumably talk show appearances, which is why he says Terry Wilkins' name at one point <laughs> in last week's episode, if you, if you listen very carefully. Uh, and they and they have, uh, they've put that through a computer, deploy algorithm, and that is why we have hmm. Mark Hamill, but not Mark Hamill. So I thought they'd got him into a studio, but they, he was on set apparently. He was on set. Which is watching. He likes to watch. Um, yeah, he had his knob out. And oh, okay. Um, the- As your lawyer. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they subbed in Yoda's lightsaber in post. All right. Legal note. <laughs> the Empire podcast did not intend to imply that Mark Hamill was handling Pet- his lightsaber. Petting the rancor. Yes. <laughs> on the set of the Book of Boba Fett uh, for last week's episode. So, that's how they did Mark Hamill's voice, <laughs> apparently. I'm just saying, re-speecher, not as good as Reacher. Yeah, <laughs> they had it on the Lee Child setting, but re-speecher said nothing. Spontaneous laughter. Genuine laughter there. <laughs> that was good. Uh, anyway, anyway, listen, I know that we're, maybe Ben aside, a little mixed on this series and a little mixed on this episode. There were some great things in this episode. Yeah. Yes, there, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I don't want this to become a kicking session because it's, it's not Should fun. Should I for, leave? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. It's not fun for anybody, uh, least of all the kicky. <laughs> no, but, okay, but like, so, for example, yes. Mando and Boba Fett in the air with, no. the, with the blasters, with firing the blasters no. down at the people, bing bang bush. No, pew, what's pew, happened pew. to you? I'm going to no. fight you on that. This is the. It, Boba. Find me in the air in jetpacks <laughs> and we'll see what happens. No, no, hard pass on this because the thing is, this is the worst episode of the Book of Boba Fett, and let me tell you why. The reason it's the worst episode is because we had three shit episodes, but then they gave us two lovely episodes of The Mandalorian, and now we're back into the shit box that is the Book of Boba Fett. And having had The Mandalorian, we now realise how bad this is. But worse, worse, they drag Mando into this shit show and make him a bit shit. And that really upset me because, like, Mando is many things, but he's not a fucking idiot. And yet he and Boba Fett do fucking idiotic things repeatedly all the way through this episode. Can we please talk tactics of yes, any kind? No. Yeah. no one's arguing that their tactics are in yeah. any way good. We're definitely yes. going to get into oh, dis- yes. dissecting oh, yes. those. I'm just saying that was a cool moment. That was an objectively yeah. cool 
thing that happened. Following on Should immediately have... from the worst moment in the entire episode. Yes. Did it make any sense that they no. immediately landed and gave up that sort of higher <laughs> ground? No. Their tactics generally were genuinely bad. The but... tactics were bad. They were Ole Gunnar Solskjaer bad level of tactics. But that I mean, was that, a cool that's moment. what we're I don't talking about. I don't know what here. that means. I, I know you won't, but, but pretend, joke, pretend it's it? a Star Wars character, well, right? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer sounds like it could be a Star Wars character. It does, character. actually. Okay? Yes. There we go. Yes. Okay. So, this is not a kicking session. No. All right. Not fun for anybody. Yeah. So I want to go around the table yeah. and I want you to tell me one thing you liked about this episode. <laughs> this is what happens here at the book club of Boba Fett. I'm on. I wanted to follow up on uh, Helen's point because I really did like that Boba Mando scene because that is the Boba that I've been wanting to see uh, all season long. It, it felt like finally that this was the badass Boba that we saw in that episode of The Mandalorian that I kept going on about. He was using his knee blasters, he was using every single bit of weaponry that he had and it looked very cool so I enjoyed that I also enjoyed the Ranker and yeah, I mean, Ranker versus the big battle droid that was cool mm, it had my cool. Ranker we're just, we're just going to call that ED-209 right? yeah that works for me sure well, did we have another name for them? What were they called? Uh, they, they're like droid decars on steroids. Um, I don't know, big ass battle droids. They call them steroid something. Steroid decars. Yeah, they call them something in the episode, but I didn't quite catch it and also didn't care to listen. So. They look like spider droids or something almost. Uh, I mean, shit way. things that can't shoot probably seems a bit on the James, nose. But this is not a kicking session. <laughs> Take one of your legs off and leave it over there and <laughs> see how we go. Helen, what did you like about this episode? Uh, well, as I said, the mm-hmm. thing, people in the air. Also, I did like the Rancor. I was very fond of the Rancor. I didn't want to see him get shot up um, by, again, very bad tactics. They did not use the Rancor well. But riding into battle on a Rancor, even when you have a much more heavily armed starship at your disposal, was cool. It did objectively look Had cool. Had you forgotten about Chekhov's Rancor? Because I kind of had until it turned up. No, I, I did pretty much expect the Rancor to be in there somewhere. I was a little bit surprised that we didn't get even hide nor hair of Danny Trejo at any mm. point with him. I thought that was a bit of a shame. Yes. Remember, this is not a criticism. What mm. am I about to say? This is not a criticism. A <laughs> no, no, no. It's a note. It's building on Helen's note. Uh, mm. This is a show that tends to set things up or seem to set things up and then utterly forget to pay them off. So there's no Danny Trejo and that might not be something to be paid off. It may just be a cameo. Maybe from, that was just a fun cameo. Fun cameo yeah, from Robert Rodriguez's off. mate. He's off now to hang out with his mates, the Muppets. That's sure. that's all fine. I'm happy with that. What I didn't quite understand was setting up something like Stephen Root. Why you would hire someone as good mm-hmm. as Stephen Root for that one episode cameo and then give him a character poster and then ha- end on a shot of him looking quite sinister mm-hmm. as if he's got something to store for Boba. And then never bring him back. Okay, that's and then a good point. you have all the numerous shots of uh, in the flashback to tank of of young Boba, Daniel Logan. Get him dead. And <laughs> you don't pay that off in any significant way, mm-hmm. bar a brief conversation towards the end of the episode. But hey, not a criticism. <laughs> just a note. note. I, I think as well, the end of last week's episode, when we went back to what was it called? The Sanctuary, the Twi'lek casino bar area and we'd spent a significant amount of time with some of those characters I mean not learning very much about them but Mm. in that location and they seem to be sort of major characters in the show and then they just kind of blew them all up and that was it that was kind of um, which was strange sucky and you know not a brilliant use of Jennifer Beals for example yeah Yeah. I mean what did she get out of being in this show I'm unclear I guess everybody was reminded that she's still smoking hot Mm -hmm. that's true Yep, this this uh. is pretty much it. Uh, I will say as well that uh, Max Rebo was not 
present during the explosion. And I read a, a very funny theory on Twitter during the week that Max Rebo may know more than he's letting on about this explosion. <laughs> he may be in some way implicit in, in it. Cahoots. Mm. I know, because in that moment I was like, oh, there's no Max Rebo in this scene. I'm kind of sad. Where's Max Rebo? Is it his night off from his residency that he clearly has? Uh, and then about five seconds later, I was so relieved that he was not in that building. Mm. Thank God. So give us something else that you enjoyed, Ben, this, this Not to be a complete parody of myself, oh, but it is go. a Baby Yoda moment. But <laughs> Baby Yoda got the Baby Rancor to sleep. He used the Force to put him to yeah, sleep. Yeah. That was cute. And then he curled up in a little ball <laughs> next to the Baby Rancor <laughs> yeah. and also fell asleep. And it was adorable. And, but all of that stuff like was, was super cute and it was lovely. But I really, really love the thing that they've done with all the Disney Star Wars stuff, which is going back to a lot of puppetry and having super cute puppet baby yoda who his walking game has been up to the way that he walks now mm. is just extra cute well you can um, tell by the way he uses <laughs> he's a perfect guy he's all <laughs> down the dock. um and so when you have those shots cutting back and forth from very clearly adorable puppet baby yoda to then very clearly actual massive puppet rancor i just love seeing all those mm. practical effects my one note on the curling up next to the rancor to go to sleep note not a criticism okay. right <laughs> i wanted the rancor's claw to be close enough to his head so baby yoda could curl up right next to the head but also hold on to the claw i accept this note <laughs> implement it now <laughs> <laughs> they could change stuff they can go back and change stuff yeah. all right here's the biggest challenge of them all uh jimbo man who has already proclaimed this to be the worst episode yet of the book of Boba Fett. Did you like anything about it? It ended. And oh. thus did this show. And we no longer <laughs> have to watch it. I just honestly, and I know I know this just sounds like I'm being a parody of myself, which is clearly partially true, but I just, I was so enraged all the way through this episode. I was just, it made me furious because they showed us what this show could look like were it good. And then they took it away again and it just it just it made me sad the whole thing just don't made think, me sad don't you think that most of your problems with this episode are actually problems with the first four episodes oh 100% it's just that the, the, they showed us then what good looked like and mm. then they took it away it's like if, if we'd never seen those two episodes I'd have no, probably but, have no problem but if here. the first four had been good if the first four had established these characters so that when we got back here, you were like, oh, it's these guys again. Oh, no. I'm happy to see them. No. Not just no, Mando. I did, no. That would have been a very different thing. It would have been a very different episode. Um, sure, but it was still, the action still would have been ineptly staged. And I think that that nothing I, could save that. It felt like that they had like a list of fan service moments that they had to crowbar. Mm. We've got to have the Rancor. We've got to have Baby Yoda do a thing. Oh, and he's got the dark saber. We better get the dark saber, saber out. And it's like, oh, must we sit through all of this? So I haven't, I think about the dark saber, I, I feel like they're very much setting that up as, as Mando's challenge for season three. Like yep. he cannot use it effectively. Yes, this, he does not have a true. fucking clue what he's doing. So like it should have worked on those on those shields. I don't understand how it mm. wouldn't. Um, and the the only way that makes sense to me is if he really doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, because so. he still seems to weigh a lot for him, which I think yeah. is supposed to be slightly metaphorical as well. But mm. but look, look, my issue with this show from the beginning has often come back to the single thing, which is that Boba Fett is the world's worst daimyo. Like, he's just bumblingly incompetent. And all the way through this, like, strategically, it's like, what do we do? Well, we have a very small force, so let's use our numbers by just sticking random people on different parts of the city and yeah. hoping they don't get killed. And let, we've got two Gamorans, what should we do? Let's perch them on the edge of a cliff where they can get pushed off. And then also, he's like the Boris Johnson of crime bosses, where every time he comes up with an idea, someone next to him goes, that shit. And he goes, you're right, that shit. Let's well, change it. <laughs> Literally, he does more 180s than any other character I've ever seen. It's extraordinary. But also, I, I mean, this did annoy me. The, the whole conversation about spice annoyed me. So, so 
Mando comes in and he goes, it's great. They're going to they're gonna help us out as long as we stop the spice trade. Mm. And Bob is like, cool, we'll stop the spice trade. And Fennec's like, I'm not sure that's The spice must flow. The spice must flow. <laughs> it brings in a lot of money. And Bob acts like he has never previously considered what he would do with the spice trade as Daimyo. As far as we know, it is the galaxy's number one drug here. And he is planning to be a crime boss. <laughs> I am not clear on which crimes yourself. exactly he is planning to boss. Well, he hadn't considered yeah. it. He had not had this thought. There's... Oh. There's, there's stuff, I, and believe me, I don't want this to turn into many things, but I don't want it to turn into the greatest hits of the book club of Boba Fett, as it's now catching on. Basic storytelling! Precisely, including, if you're, including your favourite hits, such as... Basic storytelling! And... Come on, people! <laughs> and establish the stakes nice and early! And Bando's great Bubba's shit! Uh, all of those and more are now available on the greatest hits got, of the book club of Bubba I've Fett. i written in the notes when I was watching it, just terrible strategy, useless twat in capital letters. <laughs> I think that was I something do, you meant to text to me, by the way. <laughs> I do feel like as well, like... If I were directing a Star Wars, <laughs> and if I were directing the big season finale battle, I might talk to someone who knew something about tactics. I'm not <laughs> saying I'd, you know, call up a military historian, but I might, I might at least talk to someone on the stunt team or something who was yeah. an enthusiast of these kind of things, and I might say to them, "Hey." What do we do in this scenario? Let's chat about some stuff, you know. Yeah. I'm sure the response wouldn't be just keep firing at heavily shielded enemies, <laughs> even though it has no effect and no impact whatsoever. My favorite one was maybe them. Uh, was it uh, Boba or Mando using the flamethrower on the shield? Like, that's not going to do anything. Mando. That's Mando. Yeah, it was Mando. That was pretty stupid. Yeah, and he uses it, which I'm sure, I mean, that guy has got well, whistling birds coming out of his ass, but he must, they must be, that must be done now. He must have really upgraded. <laughs> I did have concerns. This is the, this is the way? Oh! I mean... Did I Hi, I'm Mando. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> okay, okay. Speaking of Jackass... <laughs> we broke I've never needed to see anything more in my life. <laughs> We've broken Ben. Helen pointed out that Mando doesn't have like a crotch pad and now I need somebody like kicking Mando in the nuts without a crotch pad. Uh. I just like... It, maybe it is because we saw Jackass last week, but I suddenly was like looking and thinking, that seems like an area you would want some armor. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I just, I, I, it, anyway, yes. it leapt out at me, if you will. Well, well not no, I think it's wow. Jackass 3D you're thinking of. Uh, <laughs> I just love the fact that it's like, how do you take down a Wookiee? And someone was like, have you ever played the game Bundle? <laughs> it's just like all those little puns go, Bundle! And they just jump on him. <laughs> I mean, we could stab him. Nah, that's not going to work. Get on top of him. <laughs> you, you were saying, James, about um, that their plan, that Boba's plan was like, right, I'm going to send all my guys out uh, to, to like keep lookout in various areas <laughs> of the city the, these people who just stand out like a sore thumb wherever yeah. they are so just trying to blend in you've got two Gamorrean guards in pants bright green standing there looking inconspicuous you've got the biggest fucking Wookiee you've ever seen in your life you've got the mods coming through on their shiny bright new bikes Brightly and you're like, none bikes. of you blend in what are you doing 
Yeah. They blend in, disappear. I'm, With any luck, they've got the grail already. They, <laughs> they are the Marcus Brody of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Yeah. But like, also, you know, the, the whole the stated aim of that from Fennec Shand, who is supposed to be the brainy one of this group. God help us. I mean, is, this is all comparative. This means it's like you're the brainy one of this group. But she's going this way. No one can sneak up on us, dude. That's not the problem. You want them to bring the fight to you. Who gives a I fuck just, if they sneak up well, on you? I've got a heavily fortified fortress over here. We could we could fight there. No, no, mate, <laughs> no, no, no. We want to fight in the middle of town. <laughs> <laughs> so what? They're worried that they'll massacre the townsfolk if they retreat yeah. to the front yes. fortress. And then, so they just but massacre the townsfolk. That was folk never going to happen. That was oh. never their plan. They were there to kill him. And I also feel like if the townsfolk are this much of a factor, which people keep saying, oh, they really matter, or oh, the people want this, the people want that, do they? Because we've literally never heard from any of the yeah. average Joe on the street in Moss Espa. But also, it's that whole his whole, whole crux of his thing is like, we're going to wait for reinforcements. Who are the reinforcements? Oh, it's like Tom, Bob, and Keith, the people who own the <laughs> saloon down in like Freetown. It's like, are they fighters? No, not really. They're, they are. They're not, though, are they? They're well, random people from a random well, town. Well, the black woman had some skills. She was sharpshooting everyone in there. Yeah, where okay, did but, she come from? Okay, but the, yeah. the sharpshooting as well. Let's have a, a note about that. Yeah. So, um, Maud woman is like, I'll draw his fire and you shoot those people. But they're right next to each other. Yeah. So if she draws ED209's fire, mm -hmm. then they both get hits. It's a very bad plan. This is a problem. The ta tactically, tactically, this is a problem throughout. I mean, uh, there's the point where Mando and Boba remember that they have jetpacks. And so they fly into the street. They take out some of the pikes. Don't tell them your name, Pike. And they, Which isn't actually the right quote. But anyway, uh, they, they take out some of the pikes and then... They get pinned down by fire, and rather than simply going, "Hey, mate, why don't we use these jetpacks <laughs> that we have? Why don't we fly away?" And Bob is like, "No, that's just what they'd be expecting us to do." And then, and then, and then Mando's like, "Well, shouldn't we take cover?" No, that's just what they'd be expecting us to do. Should we just stand here in the street like like a shit butch and sundance? Uncovered crotches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Played by Chris Pontius, I think was the other stunt person. This I wonder if nobody like, was expecting that. Like, why are they both standing in the middle of town with their dicks out? This is a, why this is they, they no flapping them up and down like, 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 like table tennis bats? In fairness, in fairness, we don't know that the humanoid species in this galaxy keeps their privates in the same place. I'm pretty sure I'll you keep a dick you in your that. dick hole. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's where it is. That's where it's meant to go, right between. <laughs> he keeps them under his knee rockets. <laughs> well, just to try and say something nice, I did enjoy, obviously, uh, like Imam was saying, it was pretty cool when they flew in on the jetpacks and stuff. I feel like quite a lot of the action here was was not well staged, but I think the thing Robert Rodriguez actually does really well. I like the way he poses the characters the way he like makes the characters look cool while they do things i really like the shot where boba like sort of shoots with his gun and shoots with his knee rocket at the same time mm, that and he's was sort cool. of like that was yeah. cool yeah. So that's well, the sort of that stuff. age that just happens. In <laughs> yeah. He didn't mean to do any of those things. No. <laughs> um, but I feel like there's various moments of that where like I feel like he gets in that like action figure sense 
oh, this is like a cool move. And yeah. part of the appeal of this character is that he is a cool guy who does cool action things. I can see Helen boiling with rage. As Greatest hits of the Book of Boba Fett Club. Just, whatever it's called. I'm with it's Helen. Not, it's not an action figure. It's a person. It has to be a person because we're on a show now. It has to be a human character. Not human. You know, just It has to be a character who has a purpose and who does things because of what they want or what they've come from. It like, ooh, his, know, his loss has to matter. They bring back the, oh, they massacred your Tuscan family, but we don't Quick really ben. hear from him. Get the common picture. The common picture, Ben. <laughs> we talked about this. Oh, like baby wrinkles, baby wrinkles. Oh, God. Oh, God. Look, at, look at the baby wrinkles in the field, Helen. They're playing. They're are playing. Are they the only Tuscans in the world no, as well? I mean, yeah. where are the... Uh, could you not call on the other Tuscans? Another tactical error. Um... Sending away your best sharpshooter in Fennec Shand mid-battle to deal with something that you can deal with after the current clear and present uh, danger. No, 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 you do no. that first yeah. because you have a master assassin. If only I could think of some use for this master assassin <laughs> who can take out absolutely anyone. I can't think of anywhere I could possibly send her that would just, I don't know, end this whole thing before it begins. It's, no. Yeah. He's just, an idiot. He's, we've, he's, we've established he's, this. He's the Mr. Idiot. Bean of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> But speaking of dying, though, I was really surprised that they not only killed Cobb, actually killed him, but also killed Cad. Well, no. Did you no. see? Did, did, did you did you see the mid credit scene? There was a mid credit scene. Yeah, well, yeah. Cobb plant is in the flashback to tank. Yes, with, with Thunder. Oh, so that's when he yeah. says it's in use. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. Which, which I thought what, when he said it was in use, I thought it was going to be Cad Bane in there, me, and he had decided to disprove Cad Bane's thing of you're a killer. Well, this is the thing: Ugh, the the whole killing of Cad Bane. He's not dead. He, he got gaffied dead. in the chest. I know, he got gaffied in the, like, guts. I'm saying Just a bit dead. of gaffy tape, you'll be fine. Yeah, I, I, reckon, I reckon we have not seen the last of Cat. I hope we have, he should. <laughs> whoa, 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 there is about on. to be a throwdown oh, in oh, here. Oh, oh, is standing up. Quick, Baby Yoda's smiling. Baby Yoda's smiling. Look at him smile. No, the picture of Alan Silvestri. That's what calms him down. Wait, wait, wait. Alan Silvestri's smiling. Alan Silvestri's smiling. Come on, come on. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. Look, he's holding a big trophy. He's smiling. Alan Silvestri holding a cup. Alan Silvestri holding a cup. He's sitting down again. Sweet thoughts for Amon. No sleep. Sleep, Amon. Do not. Yeah, Cadbane is a bit shit, isn't he? Oh, no. Only kidding. Only kidding. But we will talk about Cadbane. We will talk about Fennec Shand. But first, I wanted to make the point I tried to make 10 minutes ago, (laughs) uh, which is, and this is riffing heavily on what Helen has been saying all along about stakes and storytelling. And I'm. I'm a little flabbergasted that hands as sure as Favs and Filoni's dropped the ball somewhat on this show. But there are things that should have been established in the first couple of episodes that never were. Boba says in this episode things like, these are my people. We never get a sense of that. Nope. Why are never. they your people? This is my town. We never get a is sense it? of that. Mm-hmm. Why is oh, this yeah, your town? This Why have you chosen all the time. this place of all places to make your hometown when it's not where you come from? This interesting idea, the ruthless, the you know, the, the samurai figure, the Ronin figure, the, is that what Boba Fett is? And now he finally decides to put down roots, a space jack reacher, if you will. Mm. All these things are interesting. The, the the effect of spice. At one point in the episode, we're told the spice is destroying our town. How? We're not really shown We've it. Seen no evidence of that. Seen no and, evidence. And like of that. with the water thing, when he recruited the mods, he was like. Like I'll come and I'll pay you in water. If water is a problem, you're you're going to have water. There's no sense of him then having gotten water for other people in the town. That would have taken like a minute to establish at that point. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That he takes over water distribution for the town. It would have given Stephen Root something else to do. Absolutely. It would have made the mods tie the into a major part of the storyline. And it would have established that he actually cares about the people of this town and mm-hmm. that he is actively trying to help them and that they might that he... be invested in him becoming daimyo. Precisely. Because but none of that. None of that it plays out in the show. None of this, none of the show, none of Boba's actions correlate at all with the end of The Mandalorian Season 2, which I went back and rewatched. I can't even remember why, but I just decided to, just to see the last 30 seconds, uh, that little bit where he and Fennec turn up at Jabba's palace and, he, and the, he, kill, he guns down Bib Fortuna in cold blood, then sits with a, a sort of arrogant insouciance on his throne while Fennec is behind him swigging from, as if they're like the gangsters, the new mm. gangsters, new, new blood in town. Then we cut to the show and he's some sort of I don't know, almost holistic gangster who wants to rule the streets with love, not with fear. And that those two don't quite don't quite mesh for me. But we were talking structurally. We've been talking structurally all along about this show and the fact that you know episode two was one long flashback to and it didn't need to be that. If you could have maybe, you know, parsed him out throughout the series, that might have worked better. We were walking back from our very long and epic and very tasty lunch. I cannot recommend the Princess of Wells pub in Primrose Hill highly enough, folks. Check it out. Very good. Try the popcorn chicken. My God, it's good. Anyway, we were walking back and we were talking about Cad Bane because I know, uh, Amon, you have thoughts. <laughs> Being the Cad Bane stan in this room. Yeah. Uh, Alan Silvestri holding a cup. Uh, but you were saying, I think it was you anyway, who said that the show would have worked better. Might have been you actually, Ben. I think it was Nick. Okay, but someone who wasn't in this room. <laughs> the show would have worked better had Cobb Fanth taken out the Pikes who were running Spice last week, which was the opening, the cold opening, I think, of last week's mm-hmm. episode. If that had been the cold opening of the season, and season and the first, the very first episode had finished in the same way with Cad Bane walking into Freetown, taking out Cobb Fanth. Holy shit, Cobb, you'd go from, all right, Cobb Fanth is back, this is amazing. Then you have all the stuff with Boba. Then you have Cad Bane in episode one, and you immediately establish, holy shit, he's just taken out one of our favorite mm-hmm. characters. This is a bad dude yes. who should not be fucked with. And then you have Cad Bane running all the way through the season as the foe to be reckoned with. And well, as the person who's who's establishing the spice running as yes. the thing to be dismantled. Precisely. You Gus Fring him. You basically yeah. he's Gus Fring and Mike and the twins <laughs> all in one. And that's what you do. Absolutely right. And not only that, that then allows you to establish the history between Boba and Cad Bane. If you do not know who Cad Bane is, one, he's only named it's only name dropped by Boba halfway through the episode where they're getting surrounded by the pikes and, and I think he says something like, is Cad Bane with them? That's the only time so that Cad Bane gets name-checked in this. It's, it's very... It's the MCUification of Star Wars in that regard because if you don't know who Cad Bane is, you don't yeah, the get... Show, the, the show won't tell you. The, the show yeah. won't tell you. So there's that, but uh, there's so much history between those characters. You can spread that out over the seven episodes. Mm. Because they've met before in Star Wars. Uh, uh, yes, Rebels. Rebels, and, Rebels and... Clone and Rebels and Clone Wars. Clone Wars. And, yeah, which I, we I, all I, know I forget which one it is. Same. But yeah, like Cad Bane is such a great character with so much potential. The fact that he and Fennec don't even talk is insane to me because the last time he was seen in a Star Wars thing was there was a battle between him and Fennec. I wouldn't have minded if Cad Bane got bumped off in the show, if they did it right. But there's so much potential, there's so much meat left on the floor uh, here. Literally. That 
it just feels <laughs> so un- and like I was I was shocked when it happened because he's such a fantastic character and they've done nothing with him. They've had four, five scenes of build up with him and that's it. And he's gone. And he's he was not. done. You don't think he's gone? No. I mean, he got stabbed pretty. I he mean, got stabbed like here, right? He got stabbed like he between was the ribs. For air. Well, again, well, he has a breather on. Maybe his breather malfunctioned, but also, like, nobody dies from just a mild rib wound in these movies. It doesn't happen. It seemed like a. It seemed like a stomach wound, but then yeah. we know yeah. that Fennec Shand just had her stomach replaced. Exactly. Yeah. It felt but to me. Also- like, it's part of me actually would like it to stick, and the reason I'd like it to stick is, you know, Darth Maul. Darth Maul, for one, that's, mm. that's not the main reason. But look at Darth Maul. If you ignore everything else that came outside the Phantom Menace, Darth Maul comes in, ultimate badass, kills Qui Gon, gives Obi Wan a run for his money, gets bumped off, never seen again. And sometimes that's a good thing if you bring in this ultimate badass and you and you kill them off. And the other reason, the main reason, is to establish that there are consequences, lasting mm-hmm. consequences. In, in shows like this and in the Star Wars universe and the MCU. We've talked about this ad infinitum about yep. storytelling and death mm-hmm. and stakes. Mm-hmm. And we talked last week, I said Cad Bane's coming in. They're not going to kill him because IP, new toy, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Next episode, they seem to have killed him. This killer versus, you know, going straight mentality that they set up in that conversation. If you have that in episode one, then that, you know, as That's much the as... the theme of the show. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but they didn't do that, yeah, because it, it's not a good show. And it plays, <laughs> and it plays into those things we were talking about earlier on about setup and payoff. The setup, the setup of young Boba, those numerous shots we see in the flashback to Tank, back to his time in Camino, we get a sense that there's something about there's a connection there somewhere somehow between young Boba and and Django Fett, which is never really paid off. There's a half-hearted reference from Cad Bane about you have your dad's blood flowing through your veins, you are a killer. We don't really get that paid off necessarily. And I think that sh- that's something that would have worked for me had they really accentuated mm. that. Yeah. So what Teenage Bob were working with Cad Bane in some flashbacks might have, again, yeah. if you were if you brought him in in episode one, like you suggest, then you could have had that at some point in, in the flashback to Tank in episode two. And that would have probably been much more valuable use of our time, as it turns out, than all the Tuscan yeah. stuff. Because again, the Tuscan stuff could also have worked it could also have been a meaningful way of him forming a connection with this planet and its people and coming up with this new philosophy of maybe I should help instead of hurting. That could have that could have been worthwhile. But that, mm-hmm. they didn't do that. They didn't make that leap. They didn't make that connection. Mm-hmm. They just threw the Tuscans away like they have before. Yeah, I think you were saying as well, in terms of it feels like a bit of a shame if they have killed off Cad Bane because of how soon that is. He seemed like a great character. They brought him in for basically one episode and killed him off. But I was feeling halfway through this episode, they're getting to that point of like, it's cool they're bringing so many great characters in, but how to what extent are you bringing loads of characters in who you then kind of can't kill? Because when Black Chrysanthemum was under loads of fire, it was like, I kind of, I don't want the Wookiee to mm. die because he's a badass, he's yeah. great. But you keep bringing in more and more characters who are cool, putting them in dangerous situations. And then if they always all survive, that doesn't feel yeah. dramatically that- satisfying. But then it's also dramatically unsatisfying if when... They all live. They all, or when they all die quite quickly and you're like oh it feels like you could have done more with that it's, yeah. it's a tricky line to tread that I agree with and again if they had set up Cad Bane from episode 1 like we're saying and bumped him off in episode 7 in the same way that they do here I would have been fine with that assuming that they did the story and actually just showed 
the relationship between Cad and Bane and built that up over a number of episodes to get to the point that we get to. Because oh. the point that we get to when Boba kills Cad Bane, that's like, a, that's like probably the most significant character moment for Boba in the entire season. We get two scenes with him and that is it. That is why I feel so unsatisfied with Cad Bane's death because we haven't really gotten to see him do much this and is, he's really it. This he's, is why I don't think it's a death. And look, I, I agree consequences should ha- should stick, should mean something. Should I, be I some. don't yeah, yeah, but I don't think they're I don't think that's a death mm. because I just think the character is is I mean, if he's him. not dead, then it's even dumb at like Yeah. <laughs> on Boba's part, because if he's gotten dead to rights like that and Cad Bane lives to survive another day and mm-hmm. Boba does nothing, then what does that say? I mean well, there, there's we this know whole, like, what it no. says about Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have the courage of convictions. How do we feel about the Cobb fan thing? Because I was, I, I was expecting him to turn up wounded, mm-hmm, maybe too. arm in a sling, uh, but that doesn't happen. And they, you, you know, Cobb, uh, Cad Bane says I gunned him down in cold blood, and then, and then the uh, the Weequay, who was named this week, but I forgot what his name is. Weequay. But he actually says character. He's a Clartoonian, and his name is Weequay. I seem to recall. The lady says a different name to him, and he answers to. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay. That was that was very. Is he not a Clartoonian? Am I getting my races mixed up? I thought she said he was a Weequay rather than you know. Okay, because I, I Weequay the bartender, and he's definitely who you want covering your back in a fight. Um, I'm going to look him up. Let's, okay. have, let's look up Weequay. He obviously is the one who shows up and says they gunned Marshall down in cold blood, and I was like, oh, hang on, holy shit. Have they actually killed Tim Oliphant? This is this is this is pretty wild. And then, of course, he shows up at the end in the back of the tank, uh, clearly going to be modded by Thundercat. 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 Oh, <laughs> how do we feel about that? I hope they don't mess with his hair. Oh yeah, I thought it was an underwhelming mid-credit sequence. I was like, mm. okay, sure. I Rogers guess. The musical. They should just give the Rogers the musical again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> four minutes of I don't know, Baby Yoda the musical. Yes, please. Oh my, Grogu. God, oh my god. Oh my god. On Broadway. Now he can backflip. He's got moves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought that was a weird thing because so much of the last few episodes of the series seem to be pushing forward to Mando season three, handing the baton back across. Um, I thought that the mid-credit sequence or post-credits of whatever there was going to be would be something that kind of te- teased more towards that. Mm. Um, whereas this just felt like I'm glad to know that. Um, Tim Oliphant's character is alive. I forgot his name already. Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth. Yeah. Cobb Vanth. Cad Bane Boba Fett. Well, <laughs> Cobb Vanth is still alive, which I'm glad about because I hadn't really even realised they'd killed him off. Like you said, you got that bit of line of dialogue, but from the end of last week's episode, I didn't come away from last week's episode thinking, thinking he's dead. oh, they just yeah. killed Cobb Vanth. I came away thinking, oh my God, baby Yoda's back and I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so I felt like that was slightly confusing storytelling anyway. And then just to have him like, oh, he's in the tank and yet Thundercat's going to mod him. That it, the, the point of those stings, I know people rail against like, oh, it's always just about what's next, whatever's going to be next. And we're not excited about what's happening now. Those things work because you've already enjoyed what you've just seen. What you've just seen has been great. And then it teases what's next. It only works if what you've just seen is good. So when we, what we've just seen is like pretty mixed some good stuff in there but also not the best Helen I can see your face um, what me <laughs> listen I'm in the when, tank when, for Cobb Fanth so I was happy to see the Cobb Fanth was, was also in the, the tank, tank. <laughs> for yeah. you but, but uh, like a, a, a very mixed episode of a mixed series mm. ending on a slightly uh, credit sequence yeah. was like How dare you? okay I, I guess I just yeah I, I, I agree uh, with all of that I was also just thinking about the those battle droid things again it annoyed me, I think. Oh, yes, the tactic stuff annoyed me. But I wanted there to be like a clever solution. 
And there kind of was ish in the end. But you know, you wanted there to be like in like in Dune. Okay, they're, they've made the comparison. Oh, there we go. They've <laughs> given us a spice spice runners and a desert planet. So fuck it, we're going and talk Dune for a second. In Dune, Listen, I'm not going to talk about Star go, Wars ripoffs in this show. <laughs> don't even start with me. Quick, if you show go, the if, you go <laughs> if you go slow enough, you can get through energy shields, and that's not just true of Dune. That's been picked up and used in other sci-fi, and it's a cool idea. If you can go slow enough, you can actually get through the shield. And there's a kind of a half line that sort of mm. suggests that in this one. And then, but you don't see Mando trying to go yeah. slowly through the he goes, shield. We can get through the shield more slowly, and then starts wailing on it yeah. at full speed. And it's you're like, like, you're like, a fucking idiot. And you know what aren't you? If they just had a moment of him trying to like sneak through slowly, and yeah. then the, the robot reacting too fast, so that doesn't work, then you would have felt like, oh, okay, at least they've tried to do the thing, and the thing hasn't worked. Let's try something else. I have actually no problem with them trying to get heat through the shield. That worked in Harry Dresden, by the way. But like, <laughs> it, again, at least they're trying something. And in the end, of course, they do that clever thing where. It's it's basically the sheer mass of the rancor means that the shield itself almost rotates around the robot and can't can't deal with that. That was that was cool. But I just wanted there to be cleverness. I wanted people to sometimes, you know, win by their wits because that does happen mm. in Star Wars. You that may is... have come to the wrong show for this. <laughs> no, no, but like I shouldn't have because no. that is a Star Wars thing. It's not as Star Wars as it is Star Trek, but it does exist. I am, however, pleased to report that the Weequay are <laughs> indigenous to the desert world of Srilur and evolving under the merciless conditions. Their tough, leathery skin help them endure the harsh environment of their home world as well as providing a natural resistance to blaster fire. Uh, the yes, <laughs> <laughs> the Clartoonians are the ones that look like pit bulls. So what's Cobb Vance's excuse for his natural resistance to blaster fire? Hair. Hair. His hair is like his the cloak hair. in Doctor Strange. He just his came down and it absorbed. Absorbed oh. the blaster. A back to tank better not fuck his hair up, I it swear looked, to God. I mean, it didn't look like it was out of place, even a hair. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do you think you were set up for now a Cobb Vanth spin-off show? The Book of Cobb Vanth. Oh, I'd read all ten chapters. Golly. I don't think he's going to get a spin-off show, but I do expect him to pop up in Mando season three. Mm. All right. And the, I was going to say, and the Book of Boba Fett season two, but we all know there's not going to there be is, one. There is, there is going to be there one. There will not be The a first one. series of Only Fools and Horses was a critical and commercial flop. And the BBC stayed with it. Yeah. They stayed the course. And now look at it. I don't believe for one second the people writing this were in any way engaged or interested by the end. There is no way they want to do a second no, season of I'm this show. I'm telling you, season two, <laughs> the Book of Boba Fett season two, there's going to be a bit with with, uh, with Boba and Fennec. They're going to be in a bar. Play it cool, Fennec. Play it cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to fall through the bar. Boba and Fennec, though, as well. Once yeah. again, we see them slightly butting heads. We see her questioning his decisions. Yeah. And then nothing. Like mm -hmm. they, they uh, she she seems like she's a good character, but it's really hard to tell it's on the basis hard to of tell. this show. Yeah. Because there's no real there there. What does she actually want? What are her desires? Where are they coming from? No fucking clue. Why is she still with him? Why is she still with him? Mm -hmm. Is she really going out with it, him? Oh no, I, can't I don't think be. so. Well he's got a lovely no, helmet. <laughs> No, I don't think it's that. I don't think it is that either, no. That is another moment that I did like when Spice the tries to eat uh, Mando and his helmet saves him. That was cute. That was very that was good. Cute. Was yeah. it though? It was. I, yeah. I like, yeah. I like on, the baby Rancor. I like the baby Rancor going all King Kong. <laughs> I, I, fun. I have this problem as well because I I, I, I follow Dan Slott on Twitter, the, the um, excellent comic book writer. Mm -hmm. and, uh, he shares my view on Batman, by the way. I just want to put hey. that out. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> 
And so Dan today was tweeting, he was tweeting about, you know, he was tweeting his little, his, his reaction to the episode. And he was saying, listen, this is the show I would have loved as a kid. I would be absolutely head over heels with this, the show were I a kid. And I, it got me back to thinking about when I first saw Star Wars. And you know, that, that, that sequence in the Death Star when Luke is getting inappropriate with his sister and, <laughs> you know, she gives him a little peck in the cheek and he swings over the ravine. As a kid, I ate that shit up and I didn't ask about things like the architecture of the Death Star or why the stormtroopers couldn't shoot straight or why his sister was giving him a kiss. All this stuff. It didn't matter to me. No, and are we, are we no, overanalyzing it? Are we the, are we the, I mean, are we the bad guys? Are we the bad guys? <laughs> okay, 100%. Like, first of all, we're absolutely overanalyzing it. That's literally our job on these spoiler specials. So I, I'm I not going to apologize for it. I think it just says analyze, not overanalyze. Eh, I mean, potato, potato. <laughs> um, <laughs> secondly, of course, as a kid, you don't necessarily pick up on the, the plot, you know, holes and everything else. I, as a kid, really enjoyed both Caravan of Courage and mm-hmm. Battle for Endor. And I'm not saying that they're the best Star, Star Wars stuff out there, Okay. But, but close is what you're saying. It's pretty <laughs> close. So close. So close. Better than some of the prequels. But <gasps> no, not really. Ben, Maybe. quick, show me the comic picture. Kiadi Mundi in a Salah with a Slimmer. Kiadi Mundi with a Slimmer. Quickly, type it in. Type it in. Do you have it? Oh, God. Uh, quickly, make oh, it. It's not your usual one, but he's got two thumbs up in it's this one. Mo. It's Mo. Oh, Mo Salah. Mo Salah. Oh, now I feel good again. Anyway, my point is. You can still have all the stuff that makes the kids happy and still make a good film. Like it's not it's not either or. It's not like, oh, I would have loved this as a kid. Mm. Or it can be good night. It doesn't have to be grim dark, James, for it to be <laughs> oh, wow. for it to work for us as adults. No, I, I appear to have been singed inadvertently. <laughs> James, that was kind of uncalled for on Helen's part, but also James just completely accepted it. Yes, fair. I, I mean, can't. I can't. We've talked about this quite a bit, but yeah. like the the sort of the grim darkness, I I am not here for. But there is a way to do this in a kid-friendly, Star Wars-y fashion and still tell a story. None of the none of the kind of stuff I'm talking about would actually take up a huge amount of sc- screen time. None of it would necessarily be alienating to children. None of it would take away from the cool action beats. And a lot of the, the strategy stuff we're talking about would make them better. So it's not... You know, I, mm-hmm. I accept that, yes, I would have loved this as a kid is a thing. I accept that, oh my God, it's like playing with action figures is a thing. But you, we can demand better when you're spending $300 million or whatever on it, you know? We can ask for more than that. And the thing is, they've done it already. Yes. In The Mandalorian. And they've done it within this show in The Mandalorian Heavy Episodes. Mm. <laughs> so we yeah. know what it looks like when it's done right. Yes, that that was the way. This is not the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is fair. I, I, that is fair. And there's, there's also, I think... Uh, tonal shift issues. I, I don't mind tonal shifts. I think they, they can work absolutely in the right thing. But the, you know, if you are looking at this as a kid and you're going, this is amazing. It's like my action figures come to life and they're playing in the biggest sand pit in the world. And Boba's doing this. He's remembered he's got a jetpack. Now he's flying. Amanda's doing this. And there's a Rancor and they're fighting the Rancor. Then they're with the Rancor and it's all a tremendous fun. And this is so, this is bringing me back to my childhood. And this is great PG-13 friendly fun. And then you have a scene towards the end where Fennec Shand just butchers a whole bunch of people. <laughs> you <laughs> and guys Leon. Yeah, someone's yeah. neck breaks. Mm, like yeah. it, it said on the subtitles, because I watch these things with the subtitles on now, you know, because it helps with character names. <laughs> um, and, you know, things like, oh, isn't it? Isn't that the quizzling, calling the stifling slimy or whatever it was? Yeah. Yep. 
Um, obviously, it helped enough that I didn't remember remember the line. But whenever she lifts the guy up through the roof and breaks his neck, mm. which I'm not That's sure a lot she, of she neck could to do, break, he's a big guy. Yeah, but a lot of neck. Also. A lot of neck. Yeah. But yeah, how could she lift him up? Oh no, like she that? could. She could le- leverage. Wigan and Bernie style, pulleys and levers. Yeah, pulleys and okay. levers. Okay, yeah. and his neck breaks on the screen. It says bones cracking, and he's just go, "Oh my god." <laughs> Can I show this to, you know, I'd have a six-year-old, but if I did, could I show this to my six-year-old? I mean, speaking of tonal shifts as well, I I, en- I enjoy Peli Motto as a character, but I feel like we're, on the Peli Peli scale, we kind of want to be a, a garlic and herb, and we're maybe <laughs> at a medium to hot, and that's a little bit too much. And as, as much joy as it brought me to see the reunion between Mando and Baby Yoda that we've been waiting for all this time and last week we had the the little hand reaching out and they mm. couldn't really mm. see each other because it would I make can't. it harder for everyone that that really tugged at the heartstrings so then for these guys to have their long awaited reunion mm-hmm. on the back of like a trundly wheelie thing with Pel- Pelimoto cracking Mid-trace. jokes mm-hmm. I was like why would you stage this reunion in this way that felt mm-hmm. like a strange choice mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. and and just as Helen had said about Fennec and Boba means you're sticking two like stoic characters together then when you put Pelimoto with the sort of Mayer's comedy Twi'lek guy. Mm-hmm. Again, that's you're sticking the two comedy characters together who are just like cracking silly jokes with each other and it just all feels a little bit out it's of whack. It's just that whole tone of it is all over the place. But oh. I think actually you've hit on what, what may have upset me the most about this is that this series gave us a whole lot of shit that we had to sit through, but it gave us two near-perfect episodes of The Mandalorian Season 2.5. But they were building up to a reunion, exactly as you said, and then they just fucked it like because they mm. put it all in they didn't put it in the Mandalorian or even the Mandalorian episodes of Boba Fett they put it in a Boba Fett episode mm. as an afterthought the whole thing was just ruined and I just I felt cheated by all of that I want to see this mm. done properly not with fucking Boba Fett I did enjoy Luke sending Grogu back with in, R2 in his, mm. in his X-Wing with R2 flying I'm not so sure cute. about that he That's... sent the baby away on its own yeah. in a spaceship with that could, R2 yeah D2. but that could be intercepted that I was like okay. that is wildly bad parenting yeah. Mando R2... should have been mad about that R2-D2 is not the most responsible He's not of not. Guardians what he is a hero of the Galactic Republic he several times over. He has a faulty over. memory. He might have forgotten he had Grogu. He might have flown into the sun for all we know. We don't... <laughs> it's an incredible abdication of responsibility in the part of CG Luke, and I think that's a disgrace, quite frankly. Yeah, but we got to see R2 again. We did get to see R2 Yes, again. he was extremely helpful to this episode. Look, I'm just but, saying he was there. But what James said was very interesting, and brings me back to a point that we have discussed whilst talking about the Star Wars... No, this is Star Wars whilst talking about the MCU shows, the idea of preserving the status quo. So what if, for example, you didn't watch The Book of Boba Fett, but you watched Mandalorian seasons one and two, and at the end of Mandalorian season two, the emotional end of that is Mando sending Grogu away. And then you skip Boba Fett because you've heard it's a bit rubbish, you, or you're just not interested, or you're busy that seven days. <laughs> you skip it completely, and you start watching Mandalorian season three again, and suddenly Grogu's back with Mandalorian, mm. and you're going, "What the hell's just happened here?" Which is different from the Marvel shows because we we discuss sure. people have sent in questions going, you know, if you pick up with say Wanda in Doctor Strange two, would there be any indication that WandaVision had happened? If you picked up with, you know, apart from maybe some costume changes, if you picked up with Sam and Captain America four, how much would we know of what went down Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Are these basically just 
very expensive, very long ways of of running to stay, running to stand still, essentially. And this is really interesting. Like mm. this is this has taken an awful lot of viewership for granted. I'd I'd love to know if someone watches Mando final season, Mando season two, first episode of Mando season three, and they haven't watched this, they'll be going, "What the fuck has just happened here?" You got to hope they watch a recap. Yes, yeah. there'll be one at the beginning. There'll be yeah. a previously on that other shit show at the beginning. <laughs> but I, I think we said the first week that we had that sort of Mando episode within Book of Boba Fett that it was just an interesting indication of how they're going to approach this corner of the Star Wars universe that you are going to have to watch all of it if you want to keep up. Mm. And as much as we have all obviously seen all of the animated series, yes. I feel like especially among us, uh, Amon can attest to the fact that if you're like, do you remember when um, Bo-Katan showed up in season two of Mando and it was like, hey, if you want to watch where she's been before, it's like, okay, you need to watch Clone Wars Series 2, Episodes 4 to 6, and then you go to <laughs> Rebels Episode 8 of the third season, and then you flash back to this one. That that seems to have kind of been Filoni's approach the whole time, that everything ties into everything. You have pockets of characters turning up in different places, and you need to kind of keep a spread of where it's not going to be neatly delineated in the way that as much as things cross over in the Marvel Universe, you can just sort of like find your way along. It seems to be told in a, in a different kind of way, and it's interesting that they've decided to bring that approach to the live action stuff. Yeah, that's no, very much, as I was saying, the MCUification of Star Wars. But even with the introduction of Bo-Katan and the Mandalorian, they went to great pains to explain who Bo-Katan is, why she's here, what her agenda is. Cad Bane doesn't name check himself. <laughs> yep. If you don't know anything about Cad Bane, you are at a complete loss uh, with how he fits into the wider Star Wars universe, which is crazy to me. Uh, I don't understand why they didn't do that. And then, you know, what you were saying about uh, Grogu being back with Mando, it all goes back to what we were saying earlier about consequences. Um, and it feels like for all the flawed, even though the show is, of course, very flawed, Boba Fett, they were trying to do something different. And it feels like halfway through the writing of this thing, they went back to what was safe and what they know works so that by the time Mandalorian season three uh, starts, we're back to safe ground again. And yeah. that's, to me, I'm, I'm very mixed on that because as I've said in the previous part, I was, I was intrigued to see what a Mandalorian show would look like without Grogu. And I thought they played out, played out that arc very well. See, the end of season two was very emotional. It worked. Uh, for us to not really get you know, more than an episode with Mando and not Grogu, I think is, mm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, like That's I say, I don't think we were ever going to get a season without Grogu. What we were, probably would have seen, we, we would have cross-cut between Mando mm. doing whatever he was doing mm. and Grogu training, maybe with Luke or someone who was less expensive. Probably. That's my that's my feeling. But yeah, it's so strange that they've gone back to this. Mm. So strange indeed. But I'm going to finish off our part. We're about to tackle some listener questions on a positive. Ben, the reunion of Grogu. James is right to an extent that I think it's, it's, it's kind of tossed away in the middle of this big action sequence. Um, but you got to love the bit where he sees him and Grogu flings himself towards him using yeah. the yeah. force. Leaps into Mando's arms. It's yeah. the adorable. most adorable force thing. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the fact that, that Baby Yoda can like jump around now, House of Pain style, <laughs> is just a glorious glow up for season three. I can't wait to see all the leaping and skipping and backflipping and hopping that Baby Yoda's going to do. No macaron series. will be safe. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my God! Quick, hide the Prime Minister of France. <laughs> what is the thing Macron. that? Oh, Macaron. Macaron. Okay. Okay. What is the thing that um, he gets given to eat in this in this episode? So newt, isn't it? Uh, no, is it slipping down worms. Yeah, yeah, not just My worms. Are they? 
Dungworms. Dungworms. It did not look appetizing. Baby Yoda liked them. Were they worms? I, I did think they were newts. They were worms, were they? Dungworms. They were called dungworms. They oh. did ha- obviously have newt-like features, but yeah. she called them dungworms. I, I wasn't paying attention. I have in my notes, Baby Yoda slurping worms, and there is a worm emoji <laughs> after it. <laughs> for good measure. <gasps> Baby Yoda oh. slurping worms. That's a that's a new a new track in our album. <laughs> <laughs> greatest hits of the book club of Boba Fett. I also liked uh, Pelimoto. Uh, basically saying that Grogu that's a terrible name bit of meta commentary there (laughs) (laughs) she's not wrong we also have a brand new sure to be everywhere Baby Yoda gif of when he was putting the the Rancor to sleep and basically he's sort of almost like holding up a fist with his eyes closed and I feel like it was it was basically the Baby Yoda version of the end of the Breakfast Club and we're going to see that (laughs) everywhere for weeks to come just Baby Yoda doing this I am okay with that yeah absolutely (laughs) what do we make about his decision we talked about this a little bit last week. Does it invalidate oh, his, the choice at the end of season on. two? Yeah. No, I'm 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 okay with it. I think I I think you know he, it was it was Mando's decision at the end of season two. It's Grogu's decision now. I think there's there's a you know a distinction there, and I think he maybe has learned a little bit about himself, if you like, um, while he's been away. Mm. I'm still convinced he's stolen the lightsaber and secreted it somewhere, but maybe not. I mean, there's only one place he could have put it, Helen. No, <laughs> no, no. He's stolen it prison style. You he's, know it. You're right. He's put it down the back of his jumper. <laughs> he has a very large coat, has big sleeves, exactly. many places for that lightsaber to be kept. I, yeah, I have to say, last week, I kind of thought he was going to choose the lightsaber, but then ultimately end up back with Mando anyway. That He would choose the lightsaber and have a little bit more like Jedi training, but then for reasons he'd have to leave Luke and go back to Mando because ultimately we are surely we're heading towards Jedi Mando Grogu yeah, hybrid. That's like it feels like they teased that a few what, episodes. Grogu ago. on Mando's shoulders, <laughs> <laughs> just a big raincoat. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> rancoring him uh, yeah. around town. Uh, which, by the way, the rancor was um, was Boba Fett like? just like riding the rancor or was he like ratatouilleing him because it felt like he was like doing ratatouille kind of moves and and getting the rancor to like isn't tear that, shit up i mean i'm not an expert isn't that kind of what riding is <laughs> don't they kind of direct the horses so remy was riding that bloke ratatouille style anyway i mean yeah like kind of like voltage style where they're standing up on the horse rather than traditional style but essentially isn't that what ratatouille is i feel like there's an extra level of of control and direction to ratatouilleing versus just simply riding i would say i mean yes that's because ratatouilleing isn't like maybe entirely like it's not a medical term (laughs) for one thing but I think, like, if you you know, if you see a, a horse being you know put through one of these crazy routines that some of them do, I guess it feels similar to me. Ben, if you're right, and we're headed to a Grogu Jedi hybrid, then yes. that means that both Mando and Grogu need to get good with a lightsaber. Yep. going forward. So might they do their training together? I thought that possibly. And or the other thing is maybe Grogu gets the dark saber ultimately. Maybe I also he is better with the dark saber. If, no, but if the dark saber came from someone who was both Jedi and Mandalorian, and maybe obviously we've seen that Mando is a bit shit with it; he can't handle mm. it. That maybe we get a scene where Baby Yoda picks but it up and he's like, literally as big as he is. It, it actually does seem unrealistic to me. However, there, there could be some kind of Mando working with with Grogu. 
and the sort of the two of them together, I don't know, yeah. doing some stuff. But uh, I, I, I was curious, did someone see Mando pick up the Darksaber again after the last time he used it? I was slightly worried he'd left it behind. Somebody no, else was going to pick would, it up. Yeah, he'll, <laughs> he'll pick it up. He'll, okay. My money is still on Ahsoka uh, training Mando. I, I, I think that's likely. Yeah, Especially sort of given her show is next up, right? I think Obi-Wan's next up. Oh. And then yeah. I think Mando is before Ahsoka. Really? I think Mando season three, they have been shooting or they are shooting, whereas Ahsoka, I believe, is is written or is nearly written. Oh, so I think Mando's gone into production first. So I yeah. would guess we, yeah. in the next, I would say in the next few months, we will get a, a combo of Obi-Wan and or and Mando. Oh, okay, forget about Andor. Oh, yeah, because Andor. all of that shot as well. It is. Whereas yeah. Ahsoka, I think, is the next one going Andor into production. Andor is a very different timeline. Yes, yeah. as is Obi-Wan. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I think whether it's Ahsoka showing up in Mando season three or Mando showing up in Ahsoka, that, yeah. that interlinking is going to happen. All right. I agree. Quick aside, uh, while we're talking about names and whatnot, do you know the story of how Scarif got his name? No. In Rogue One, no. it's the time when Gary Witta and Gareth Edwards were working on the the first draft, the first drafts of Rogue One. And they went to Starbucks, and Gareth Edwards said to the guy, "I would like a coffee," and the guy goes, "What's your name?" and he goes, "Scarif," and. <laughs> the guy wrote it down as Scarif on the cup and they were like yep that's it that's a planet we have to steal the Death Star plans it's on white chop mocha <laughs> <laughs> orange mocha frappuccino <laughs> alright uh, let's have <laughs> let's have some listener questions it, Foul Shopaholic was the first into hey. ideas today uh, has the Rancor been mistreated? Yes. Yes, release they were the Rancor. Literally gets, leading it by the nose. Yeah. Who was more hard done by King Kong or the Rancor? Well, I mean, the Rancor lives to fight another day. Mm. It just got put to sleep and not in a euphemistic way. Yeah. It's not now living on a farm upstate. It's exactly. just it's, literally it's, asleep. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, Beauty didn't kill the beast in this one because Beauty, Beauty put the it. beast to sleep. I, I guess. In, no, Beauty's in a back to tank. <laughs> I mean, and also Fennec Shand. I just, uh, just got a Black Widow Hawk vision in my brain. No, I feel like Baby Yoda would be more of a go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Would anyone be calmed at all by a picture of Alan Silvestri holding a cup? <laughs> Uh, also says Fal Shopaholic in a universe with some interesting fathers and father figures is Mando the best of them all? Yes. Easily. I mean, the, the other thing that's distressed me, other than um, Luke putting Baby Yoda in a ship and just sending him off through space, was Peli Motto uh, driving Baby Yoda into the middle of a battlefield, clearly not hearing all the mm. running and the screaming and the shooting and the explosions and just rocking up like, oh, I thought this would be safe. What are you doing? And also, like, what? She wraps him up in a shawl? Like, that's going to help? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, come on. Come on. Come on. Honestly. Das Chinge asks, Nella Boba has become the daimyo of Moss Espa and doesn't want it. Like, immediately just yeah. goes, no, I don't want this. This, this is rubbish. This is ru this thing I fought for for seven episodes. Five. True. Very good point. Uh, what career that he's not qualified for should he try next? <laughs> he clearly needs to move into the kitchen. <laughs> Did you see there was a cameo from the rat catcher droid at the end, by the way, while they were all stood in a lineup yes. at the end of the episode, the rat catcher droid was there. But yeah, get him in the kitchen, get him master chefing. He's He's got a sort of Greg Wallace thing going on. 
Leave Fennec in charge. Boom. Yes. Would watch. Fennel Shand would be a great. I've done that, haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, damn it. It's a good joke and I like it. I'm doing it again. Fennel Shard. Fennel Shard. Yes. Meet Boba Fennec team. Shand. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, Chris Costin asks a question that essentially talks about Boba kind of. It ends with Boba Fett being annoyed with the people of Boss Espa showing him the respect. Hey, where do the mods come from? Moss Vespa. Okay. It all ends with Boba Fett being annoyed with the people of Moss Espa showing him the respect he was apparently after, even saying, we're not suited to this. Is Boba speaking on behalf of the audience here? <laughs> Are they planting seeds for season two, this time in space? I don't know if they're thinking that th far ahead, given that they haven't at any point this season. I think they <laughs> will maybe not do a second season of this. I'm sure they are looking very closely at the feedback and going, hey, let's just use Boba Fett in the mix with other people in this various shows that we've already said are going to cross over. It doesn't, they don't all have to have their own show. He could very easily pop up in more Mando. Or not at all. Or, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, or, or, or in Ahsoka, you know, or yeah. in other places. Yeah. I just hope they backtrack on that. If they do a season two, and actually, if there's a season two, right from the get-go, establish how Boba has made the city his own. Because then when he says, this is my city, it will carry more weight. We haven't really seen that um, in, in, this, in this show. And every time he said it in this episode, I was like, how, why? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it didn't ring true. So at least, you know, if they backtrack on that and establish in the first few minutes of season two, you know, Boba raising with everyone, you know, saying hi to everyone, make, being a presence in the city that will only help the character. Yeah. It yeah. felt like such a missed opportunity overall because it was something that came out of the interviews that I did for this, speaking to John Favreau, something he said that I thought was really interesting was that through Mando and obviously just a lot of Star Wars, it's looking back at, at Westerns and at samurai cinema, these really early classic genres and that another one of those is like 1920s prohibition gangster era. That is like vintage Hollywood. That is a an equally mythic backdrop for these kinds of stories. And I love that, that that's what Star Wars does. It takes these really old classic mm. genres and Star Warsifies them um, and, and does something that feels new but really old school at the same time. And I don't think we really got we much didn't get gangstering. We didn't no. get any yeah. godfathering through the course of these episodes apart from the, 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 the families turning or the other um, yeah, that's it. factions that's it. turning on them in this episode but it felt like that needed to happen like three episodes and ago I mean look that, that dinner and everybody says yeah sure we're definitely going to stand by and be neutral during your during your fight I mean how fucking stupid do you have yep. to be to then take that as gospel. Yeah. And, and also just that well, dreadful bit of dialogue it. where Fennec goes, but it's okay because we had that meeting with all of them, so they're definitely going to stay absolutely I mean, neutral. But then they say, after it happens, I think Fennec says it was the smart move. So, no, so no, you... Mando does. Okay. Yeah. But even yeah. so. Great Captain fucking hindsight over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, honestly. No, but like, it shouldn't have been hand hindsight. That should have been absolutely It should foresight. have been abundantly yeah. clear. They should, have been criminals. <laughs> they should have been working on the basis that we hope they're going to stay neutral. We've asked them to stay neutral. They've said they're going to stay neutral. Here is our scenario for if they're not. But they also needed, I mean, one of the, one of the, the sort of classic tenets of, of your gangster movies, certainly your godfathers, 
is betrayal. Mm-hmm. And they needed someone, I think, to sell them out, to have a, to have an about turn, uh, from an unexpected source. Fennec would have been too expected. But whenever, whenever, um, Black Kerr Santon was being crushed to death by those very light people. Bundles! Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just thought, and he runs back to them, and he gets shot like seventeen times, and then he he still gets up and runs back to Boba, and I'm just thinking, why are you doing this, mate? Just sell him out, mm. sell him out. You're a mercenary Wookiee. Just turn. It's fine. But Boba has been leading with respect, and he's earned the respect. Has he though? <laughs> <laughs> I love that in this episode we saw, as you said, they're like, oh, we had that meeting around the table. Everyone's on board. Everyone's cool. We're good. And then we found out in this episode that it's not just one of them betrayed him to the Pikes. They all turned on him for the Pikes. Every mm. single one of them. Almost immediately as well. Yeah. Which I which I quite liked. But, oh, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, Anyway. Just, I'm just like there is so much care and attention lavished on this show. So much money has been spent. So many great, you know, designers and stunt people and costumes mm. and makeup. My God, the makeup and the animatronics and the special effects and the visual effects. They're oh, all Timothy so Oliphant's good. Hair. Timothy yes. Oliphant, Timothy Oliphant's mm. hair, Timothy Oliphant's costume, just Timothy Oliphant again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it twice. <laughs> I just like those are all so so great. Ming Na Wen is in it for God's oh, yeah. sake. Mm. Yep. Occasionally, and yet the script. Yeah. I just, it's like oh. a story would have killed you. I yeah. just, I just feel like we, you know, we should not be able to talk about this show the way we are talking about it. It should mm-hmm. not be possible. It shouldn't for even us. be on the table. It shouldn't even yeah. be on the some agenda. Of this, some of this stuff should not no. never like we. None of us want to be doing this, even though I've been doing it now for seven weeks straight. <laughs> and you came in obviously as the biggest Boba Fett fan. <laughs> <of them all. laughs> see, but, see your fall from okay, grace has been if shocking. You, if you if you remember, like on paper, I was not excited about the Mandalorian. I was not. Yep. Hyped mm. for it. I mm-hmm. did not think it was going to be good. That show completely won me over because it has characters and stakes and yep. points. And <laughs> and I, yes, I'm absolutely not a Boba Fett fan, but I, I think I said, like, I genuinely thought this might be this show. This might actually justify what everyone else has seen in this character yeah. forever. Because all you all all we were fans of previously was a cool suit and talking about the exactly. Darth Vader. And I was like, look, maybe they'll give him something. And there what there is stuff there they could have given him. There's the Tuscan stuff. Mm. You could have had him training with Cad Bane, like we've been discussing today, and had mm. that piece of his backstory come into focus you could have done something there there are things you could have done with this character to make me invested in him yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and they just haven't yeah you're right and the thing that's annoying about the show is that it's, it's not that it's outright bad they have the pieces there yeah as you were saying it frustrated because you feel like if you just tweak this and you tweak that that's the show um but they did not they it feels to me done. there's a line from return of the jedi that perhaps sums up what went wrong with the show and it is your overconfidence is your weakness and I, I and wonder, your faith in your friends is yours <laughs> yeah I, I wonder a little bit I mean I would love to know at the moment as far as I'm aware Favreau and Filoni and Rodriguez haven't done any interviews whilst the show has been on I don't know whether that's going to be policy I would be amazed if they listen to an episode of List and they decide to speak to us but I would genu- <laughs> genuinely I would love to speak to them not just on a storytelling level about why did you do this and why did you do that but I also want to talk to them about the the reception that the show has been afforded and what that has meant to them because they must have been have they been knocked have they been taking notice of it have they only been getting the good shit you know are the, are the notes being filtered you know are, people are loving it John people are loving it Dave <laughs> this is a huge hit oh, rankles mate yeah. everywhere <laughs> people people are not cheesed off with it at all uh, or have they been monitoring it and then realising that maybe they have misstepped and that's a good thing because obviously in storytelling 
if you've realized you've, you've misstepped, mm. if you, you can you can course correct going forward. I mean, these are the guys who are going to be taking on Mandalorian Season 3. Dave Filoni is going to be the guy in charge of, of Ahsoka. You, you know, so, you know, has this bumped him is what, I'm, yeah. is what I want to know. I'd be especially interested to speak to Dave Filoni because it's clear that a lot of the work that he did in Clone Wars and Rebels is now starting to bleed into mm. live action. You've got people like Cad Bane turning up in live action and he, more than most, will know how beloved characters like that are. For him to, I guess, sign off on Cad Bane, I really do think he's dead. I know Helen doesn't, but I think he's dead. It's surprising to me, um, especially given that we've only got, you know, I hesitate to call it two episodes, five scenes of Cad Bane in live action before this has happened. Uh, so, yeah, I'm intrigued. All right, just a couple of last questions, because I know that some of you have to go into uncharted territory. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to see Uncharted. <laughs> Here's a question from, I oh, got the name there, I lost it. Official Major K. Well, it's not even a question, it's a statement. Cad Bane isn't dead. You hear his heart ticking. What? Uh-huh. Uh, do we? Uh, sure. Do we? What does if that mean? If that is the case, Cheat him and how. then that is just poor form on Boba's part. Leaving him, you know, finish the job if you're going to do the damn thing. Finish, finish the job, job James. James. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Moses, but Boba. For England, I Boba. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't see that coming. Um, yeah. That actually sort of makes it even more frustrating because it's another character then who you're going to make, you know, make it seem as if uh, he or she has passed and he's still alive. And that's another thing where you don't follow through you just tease what might happen. You yeah. don't follow doing, and that's that's even, oh, this is even more annoying than Cad Bane dying. Uh, listen, this is just someone saying because you know this is like your. We saw two shots at the end of of Hawkeye. Yeah, not but one. that's that's an amount guarantee. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you can take that to the bank. They won't give you anything for it, but you can take it. <laughs> yes, can totally we just say though? Them. Clearly, the worst thing about the Boba and Cad Bane showdown was. Um, Boba Fett's utterly weak line, his absolutely terrible shit-talking when he goes, I thought I smelled something. Oh. Like, that's your line about I mean, Cad Bane? You're know, like going school schoolyard Prin- taunts? Princess Leia did it better like 40 years ago. Thanks very much, yeah. guys. Yeah. I, do, I, th- I do thought like- I detected your foul stench when I was brought on board. Yeah. <laughs> Add shitty smack talk to the list of grievances I have against Boba Fett. General grievances. That's right. <laughs> I, do, I do like Cad's delivery of just generalized no, let's do this right here right now and stuff like that is cool and also, what's with this old school gunslinger etiquette what like you're you're a, you're a hired killer and a murderer but you won't shoot him unless he goes for his just shoot the motherfucker there's a certain decorum for oh, these come things on. come on come on it's, a code. it's also it's interesting that he is the one he's he's very concerned with telling Bob the truth about the death of the Tuscans yeah, that was I sadism like that. I think it yeah, just felt maybe. like that was sadism that was I, I, quite I, clumsy wasn't it yeah. it was just like, oh by the way <laughs> it felt like the simplest boringest most laziest way for Boba to find out that information mm-hmm. hi have you been watching this show yeah but also like, <laughs> but again, it, but it, is, it is it is ineffective because it doesn't lead to anything he doesn't yeah. kill anybody he pre- wouldn't otherwise have killed yeah he, he doesn't, doesn't kill the pikes turn on anybody he don't, wouldn't otherwise have turned on like there's no yeah. weight to it it doesn't come from anywhere it doesn't lead to anything it's just a thing that yeah. the show throws on the ground and then stamps on and again, it's just weird to me, given Fennec and Bo- Fennec and Cad Bane's last interaction, the fact that Fennec is right there mm-hmm. and she's talking to Boba about Cad, trying to warn him off, right, mm-hmm. rightfully so, and he, she doesn't say a word to Cad Bane. 
what? How are you not going to make use of that history, especially if you're bringing that character in from Oh, it's so And the whole thing with Fennec at the end where she kills the uh, the, the Pikes and uh, all the other uh, members of the crime families uh, is interesting. Someone wrote in saying, are we meant to infer that she's gone rogue at that point? No. I'm not so sure. No, I think he, he, it's actually he, sanctioned, he isn't it? Overtly told yeah. her to yeah. go there and kill them. You actually okay. hear yeah. him say it. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah. Okay. And, and like, I'm not clear on how far Moz Eisley is, but she basically spends the episode driving there. I mean, that's a good use of your best uh, best mm. warrior. Whenever she does that at but the end, it's, it reminds me a little bit. And I promise you I have a frame of reference other than the MCU. <laughs> uh, but it reminds me of the moment in Infinity War where Wanda comes down uh, in Wakanda and beats the living <laughs> shit out of the uh, the alien forces. And then the Koya goes, why was she up there this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic but, yeah, but this is the thing I was saying. I know that, you know, yes, I, I see your point in terms of send Fennec there earlier so that she can deal with the pikes before them. But if you are, the battle is about to start, Fennec has clearly proven over the last however many episodes that she is the best fighter among you. Don't send your best asset away when you've got the clear and present danger. Send Bobber. Think- <laughs> yeah, he's fucking useless. Yeah, <laughs> I, do, I do think that there is a point to sending Fennec, which is that if you, you know, it's the cut the head off the snake thing, isn't it? Presumably. Yeah, but I mean, if, if, you, if you're going to do that and have her do that, then have that scene of her taking out the pikes during the body of the show, not after the battle has already been done and then you show the scene because then it feels like she could have done that after all of this stuff had been... I mean, like, so I think the, we're supposedly meant to think if if they lose the battle, they all scatter and go their separate ways as mm. they are about to do by the time she gets there. Yeah. So this is the chance to cut the head off the snake all at once. Um, obviously, it would have been preferable to do it earlier, but it takes some time to get to Mos Eisley, I guess, is the thinking. It's not the worst decision they make in terms of strategy and tactics. In yes, this, it did take a while to get there. If only they had some kind of, I don't know, spaceship that they could have used. <laughs> that would have been to get faster. There a little faster. Yes, that would see, have that been faster. Maybe she did take it. Maybe she did take. You know, <laughs> well, she's on the speeder bike, doesn't she? You see her yeah. Yeah, whistle you from don't, that. You don't see if she takes the speeder bike to the palace, picks up the spaceship. In fairness, we don't know the exact geography, do we? If where, you know, in terms of as the, you know, Womp rap jumps. How far away is it? You know, I don't know. Yes, is it how like a quick womps, hop, skip, and a jump on the central line? How many throws is it? <laughs> yeah, from, I, I don't know. The other. All right, two last questions. Uh, at GH Simpo, there was a big supposed leak that Harrison Ford had filmed scenes as de-aged Han Solo for this finale. After Luke, this sounded reasonable. Do you think it's bollocks? Yes. Or maybe was it saved for something else? And there was another supposed leak as well that we even talked about and almost expected it to happen and then kind of forgot about it which was Amelia Clark showing up which we were told was going to happen as character name insert Kyra Kira yes yes head of the Asian Dawn yes. I read about them in Time, Time Magazine yeah. Yeah. yeah and and yet I don't think any of us were there at the start of this series going Luke Skywalker's going to show up for a significant amount of time. Maybe it was all a misdirect. Maybe I, it was all, you know, look over here. I think I think Harrison Ford is out. I think 100%. he's all the way out. Uh, he couldn't be more out if he tried. I don't think he's coming back. I <laughs> no. just, no. Leave, leave him alone. 100% he is never doing this shit again. I mean, look, maybe Amelia Clark's doing something for a and other show. I just, mm. um, that that's possible, but no. Harrison Ford, absolutely not. Yep. Don't believe it for a second. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. It would make sense, would it? I mean, I guess technically he is alive. He's alive point, at this point. But yeah. maybe Chewie could turn up and knock some sense into Black Cur Santon. That'd be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> make that happen. Give Chewbacca his own show, you cowards! <laughs> Fucking hell. Last question comes from the wonderful 
at Nick Nunziata. He asks, do you find that live action Star Wars is up against an unwinnable task in this format? Mando is wonderful as a show, but only because it is compelled to give a big payoff of some sort nearly every episode. Things aren't given time to breathe and it appears the fan base doesn't want things to simmer and much prefer instant gratification. At this rate, these shows would just skim the surface and play the greatest hits and not allow anything of depth to sink in. This isn't built to sustain. Helen was literally biting her fist <laughs> as I was reading that question out. So I think I'm going to go first to Ben. Ben, what do you think? I will simply say, release the rancor. <laughs> Calm in pictures, Ben. Calm in pictures. I just, this, none of this is inevitable. This is what we're being given. It's not necessarily what the fans want. It's not necessarily what the fans need or desire. You can have action scenes and action payoffs even and also build a continuing story. Like literally every TV show that had an arc running alongside Monsters of the Week or, you know, visiting Dignitaries of the Week if we're talking, I don't know, Babylon 5 or DS9. Uh, you know, it's Monster of the Week in Buffy or Supernatural. It's It's other problems in other shows. It doesn't matter. But you can have a developing arc story and also a big payoff every week. It is They are not mutually exclusive. All you need is it's good freaking storytelling. <laughs> and love. And love is nice too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Mando has love. There's love in his life. And I just, it can be done. And the two the two are not mutually exclusive. It is absolutely possible that we are, in with all our idiocy, have come up with a bunch of ways mm -hmm. in which this show could have been better, could have been more emotionally satisfying, none of which takes up an enormous amount of screen time, none of which says they can't also have action scenes in those episodes. We haven't suggested really losing any of the action scenes. We've just said you could have had a moment here, you could have done explained that, you could have had a, you know, a conversation there. That's all you need. It's not massive changes. Some of these episodes are 35 minutes. If you make them 37, you can add this stuff in and not take anything out. Yeah, that was a problem this week. The fact that the, the final battle was so long. Mm. I was basically just hitting the same beat again It was just and again wailing and again. on the ED-209s. Yeah, I just, which is unusual because Robert Rodriguez can be an amazing action director and I was surprised. Uh, apart from that one brief moment where the, the male mod... <laughs> Uh, does a little Antonio Banderas and Desperado spin, which, you know, wouldn't help with his aim at all. But yeah. he does a lovely little spin. But it was cute. That's really the only time you could feel Robert Rodriguez as a director. And I get it. Sometimes as a director, when you're, when you're coming on board something like this, you want to kind of buy into Star Wars and buy into the ethos of Star Wars and buy into that whole George Lucas visual template that he set up. And you want to to force yourself and remove yourself and your whatever personality stamp you have. And I get that. But there are directors who've been able to do that and also impose something on themselves. And and the result has been really, really good episodes. Bryce Dallas Howard, mm -hmm. yeah. I would say, is the most successful director so far. I'm still surprised that Favreau has directed so few of these episodes across Mando seasons one and two and this as well. So... Yeah, it didn't feel to me like a, a Rodriguez-directed episode at all, action-wise. The only other Rodriguez-y feeling shot was um, the quite low angle on Mando and Boba Fett in front of the sanctuary uh, mm. when they're both kind of crouching down and sort of almost back-to-back. -back. That felt Rodriguez-esque. Yeah. Yes. Rodriguez There's a shot where Cad Bane is talking, I believe, to Boba Fett and initially when the camera moves to him, you can't see his face because of the sun and then sun slowly moves to the background and uh, Cad Bane comes to the foreground and I like that shot. That's cool. Yeah. Um, 
quick question before we wrap up. Yeah. Uh, lots of people uh, have watched this show. How many tears do you think in total were shed over the loss of the Camorians? I felt sorry for those poor guys, those poor <laughs> bastards. I would rather have seen the mods squashed, <laughs> honestly. Gamorians, we hardly knew you. Yeah, like they were, they, they were just doing this. It's, it's a gig economy. Yeah. It's a gig economy. <laughs> it's it's a zero economy. hours contracts. They're going to fuck you, honestly. <laughs> those poor bastards. There they are, though, at the bottom of that cliff, presumably squashed. And all I'm saying is, there's your lunch for the next week. Thank you. I'm surprised we didn't see a bunch of Joe was run in just like yeah, <laughs> and then Pelimoto desert power <laughs> Friday night sorted. James, have you anything to say? If you feel like it feels like you haven't said anything in a while, this episode has destroyed me. <laughs> I've got nothing left. It's just it's sapped my will to live. I can't. I can't even. Ja- uh, Ben, show him the calming pictures. I don't know what, what pictures calm, James. Any other TV show. Show West me a picture West of West any West other West TV West show. West 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 we need 10cc's of dead Bartlett. West Wing smiling. Nobody smiles in the West Wing. Oh my God. They're just talking about shit. Quickly, just show him a picture. Quick, show him a picture of somebody talking and walking. Just Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. It's a picture of Rob Lowe. Not that picture of Rob Lowe. Has that helped? Oh dear. Oh God. Has it helped? Has it helped? No. No, okay. Bradley right. Whitford. Yay, Bradley Whitford. Yeah, Come towards the light, James. Come That's towards the light. I just, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm disappointed by this. The thing is, it's like, like, you know how much I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars so much. And, you know, luckily, luckily for everyone in this room and everyone listening at home, Ben and I have already had our daily Why the Rise of Skywalker is shit conversation. So we won't be bringing that back. But the thing is, it's like, the reason this upsets me more than maybe upsets is because like when people get Star Wars wrong, it causes me actual physical pain. Like I love this shit so much. And every time they do something that's bad or just average or just mishandled, it makes me like Star Wars a little bit less and I hate them for it because it's like it's taking this thing that I love and then just taking a great big shit on it just when I thought I was out Mando pulled me back in well, quite, and this has pushed me back but out but that's it bit. like Mando I was like because I you know I, I have my reactions to The Rise of Skywalker and it did good movie don't start neither of you neither of you every time he says that I just have I to counterbalance the shit out of you I will force choke you both um, honestly like you know it made me really really sad and Mando did help it like it pulled me back to the light and I was like oh my god Star Wars can be fresh and it can be exciting it can be fun and it can it can hit new emotional beats and new highs and there was so much about Mando that felt fresh and new and yet familiar and yet great and then this piece of shit came along <laughs> with its crap character and its shitty Tatooine locale and its absolute lack of story or in any way engaging characters and then just to make it even worse in the middle of it they say oh remember that Mando thing isn't it brilliant but no let's bring you back to the book of Boba Fett and that's how they kind of finished it and just and even even the last scene even the last scene where it's Mando and Grogu in the ship even that just rang a little bit like <laughs> Even within tapping the tiny ball on and the edge look, of the I pod. Didn't, I didn't oh. dislike that, Super but cute. I think the show had just like abused me so much by that point that it just, even that Pow. couldn't break through. <laughs> you know, my heart was so calcified by then, even that couldn't get me. So what's our next show that we're going to be spoilering? The next show we're going to be spoilering, uh, 
on a weekly basis. Mm. Moon night. Moon night, isn't Will it? Moon night. Yeah. See, that sounds more like it does. fun. It does. I'm There's quite excited about Moon night. Poe Dameron's Six. back. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Somehow, Somehow Poe Dameron is returned. returned. <laughs> Yay! It's going to be six weeks of us doing this voice. It's going to be great. It is. Yeah. Oh, God. You won't be able to tell the difference between your working life <laughs> and dreams. <laughs> anyway, you guys got to get to Uncharted. Uh, I do want to finish this on a note of positivity, uh, which rules out everyone <laughs> on this side of the table and leaves a final word to Ben Benjamin. Uh, I'm going to say Wallace Travis. No. <laughs> you, uh, it's in my Twitter handle. Stephen. George. It's, John. It's Stephen. Ben. Ringo. Star Wars. Scott. Rise of Skywalker is a good film, really, Travis. <laughs> yes, that is correct. All the points to Jay. I thought your parents were prescient. Uh, anyway, I'm going to leave it the last note, last word with Ben, because Ben, the last shot of this, this show, it, this is the way. This shows everyone where way. we're going. We're going Mando yeah. season three. We have Mando flying that new ship of his, which still isn't a livable vehicle but that's fine I'm sure it'll be fixed I thought yeah. you said Liverpool vehicle <laughs> oh, no, that's crazy uh, calming <laughs> picture calming <laughs> picture I'm pretty sure he's an Everton fan but carry on <laughs> fucking get out <laughs> well, no way is Mando an Everton fan oh he is come on you please he hits a target far too often to be, <laughs> to be an Everton fan uh, anyway Grogu in a little pod yeah. tapping on the window tap 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 because he wants to go fast tap tap for a second I thought it's like do you want the window up because it's the, oh, the he could withstand vacuum that. of space I mean mm, if Leia can withstand it Grogu can withstand yeah. it mm. but then he wants but to go no, fast he, he to go just fast. wants to go real fast he feels the need the need for tiny speed but did his ears go Whoa, when he went fast not as much Not as, as they much. did previously okay, good, because yeah. they shouldn't because you know inertial dampeners and stuff so. but but I would have forgiven it I for know. sheer cuteness I know. Yeah. but Ben you must be I'm going to leave the last word to you positivity I am over the moon because I, as much as I get Amon saying that like oh we have a season of Mando with those two split up I the end of Mando season 2 broke my heart <laughs> I was genuinely like really bummed out that episode was great but I felt so sad at the end of it because I was like oh this heart of what the show is just doesn't seem to be what the show is going to be anymore and it just feels right that these guys are back together and Baby Yoda's smiling and he can mm. jump now and he can backflip and that's all the promise I need as much as Book of Boba Fett has had its ups and its downs its ups being the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda the downs mostly being Boba Fett <laughs> <laughs> that means that we're heading back into the ups and our guys are back together and now they can just go around the galaxy and he's not a full-blown Jedi so he can't solve every problem that, that, nope. that comes across mm -hmm. them comes across does that make sense but he's got a little bit more going on he he seems to be able yeah. to do a bit more stuff and he needs to have Grogu around because he's he's losing friends because we're obviously we've lost Cara Dune she's gone and then but unless Cobb's still alive at least so mm. well know. there might be a back to tank that re, you know refreshes your opinion <laughs> or uncancels you <laughs> <laughs> uncancel tank <laughs> recast her I think that there's still a lot of cool stuff you can do with Cara Dune I think just, just I don't just think. I just think they'll have another similar. Character. Yeah, she's going to be played by uh, by Joe Rogan for I, the next series. Oh, oh yeah. God! <laughs> is that true? No, is that true? Is that true? Look that up. Uh, is that true that they're going to do that? <laughs> I, I think. I think. Yeah, they're going to go and have some fun in mines. They might go to some more ring worlds. Woo. Actually, technically a halo. And you know, that's that's exciting. There are exciting times ahead. All right, Proper exciting times ahead. But listen, we're about to go into a back to tank ourselves for the next few weeks. Uh, there will be more spoiler specials coming your way, of course, over the coming weeks, including, yes, another Spider-Man No Way Home one, this time with the writers Chris McKenna and Eric Summers. 
The Kingsman with director Matthew Fawn and much, much more. Uncharted with Ruben Fleischer. That's wow. that's in the bag as well. That's all going to be happening. Very, very excited about that. And then, of course, we'll be back weekly episodes of Moon Knight whenever that launches on Disney+. Plus. But yeah. until then, it is goodbye for my four colleagues of such lethal cunning real-life names. Benjamin, the Brides of Skywalker, who was a good film. I can't remember who <laughs> the name was. Ben Travis. Yippee! Yippee! Get him dead! <laughs> James Dyer. Roll on Moon Knight. <laughs> is that a deodorant? Yes, roll on Moon Knight, guaranteed to keep you fresh. Smells of ancient Egypt. (laughs) I can't tell the difference between roll on deodorant and and, and and aerosolized antiperspirant. (laughs) Oh God, it's late. We've got to go. I'm so looking forward to those Osborne specials. No one else is. It's goodbye from Amon Woman. Peace. It's goodbye from Helen O'Hara. Justice for the baby rancor. Justice for the baby rancor. It's goodbye from me. That's it for the book club of Boba Fett. Now I'm off to start reading my new book, The Blog of Cobb Vanth and His Incredible Hair. Mmm, calming pictures. <laughs> Thanks for listening. No cheers this week. See you next week. Oh, Bye. Bye. 